Hey everybody, I'm Ashley. And I'm Maggie. And we're from Rock Candy Podcast. And you're listening to the Top Shelf Nerds from the So Wizard Podcast. Woo! Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 243 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, back from assignment, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Citizens, I have returned. Boy, you are lucky you didn't watch that movie last week. I'm so glad I didn't. I saw that and I was like, fuck that. So glad they didn't make me watch. I would have died. We do have a little bit of a heart. And back from vacation, the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. I know. You wouldn't even think that I left. I am I edited the show right before leaving and I'm recording right as I come back. <laughs> so It's a perfect window of a, of a vacation time. The life of a podcaster. Yep. It's awesome. Thumbs up. You, you. can't see me. <laughs> you are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Pulse Podcast Network. This week, we're going to talk some nerdy news, and then we're going to check out and talk about the movie The Dirt, the story of Motley Crue on Netflix. Before we get into that, how is everyone doing? Mark Ellis Regan's vacation. Talk to us. Tell us all about your week. Uh, yeah, I went to Disney with a couple of friends of mine. They were uh, down for a convention uh, that had nothing to do with comic books or anything like that. Just a, a different job convention. And uh, decided to go to Disney for a few days after that. And, uh, and Universal. Uh, so they invited me along. I went along to uh, hang out at Disney. See a lot of Star Wars stuff. Uh, I was obsessed with this. There's something called a Dole Whip at oh, Disney. Yeah. It's like a pineapple uh, soft serve, and it's massive. Like everywhere you go, that's one of like the iconic dessert things that they have there. So I was obsessed with trying to find my uh, get my hands on one. That was my whole. That was my main goal of the trip. And uh, and I think I thought it was going to be impossible because it's not located on every. Uh, not located in every park. There's only a few parks where it's located, and there's only a few that actually have like the the actual Dole Whip like a uh, mixture, or um, it's like a swirl, like a vanilla Dole Whip swirl. Uh, but I found one on my first like five minutes. It's pineapple vanilla ice cream swirled together, and it was delicious. So uh, I accomplished my goal like within hours of being in Disney. Uh, so I felt pretty good about that. But uh, yeah, I got on uh, the Star Tours ride. I got on like three times uh, and it was amazing. We we're hoping that it was going to be different with each time. And there was like subtle differences, but it's pretty much the same ride each time. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Each time it, it just made, it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I saw the the Disney Star Wars firework show that they do at the end of the night where they project uh, footage onto the man's Chinese theater building and uh, have the fireworks and lasers like line up to that. It was pretty cool. Uh, the uh, March of the First Order was cool. Uh, oh, we I did the uh, Avatar ride uh, in, uh, which is a lot like the Star Wars ride. It's like a virtual reality. You put on glasses and you sit on a bike, and they quote unquote connect you to an avatar on Pandora, where you get to soar. And uh, it was really, it was really cool. It was a three-hour wait. Uh, well, it was time for three hours. It was actually about two hours, and uh, the ride was pretty amazing. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I will admit they. They did a really good job with it. There's a part where you have to fly through a forest and you can smell like the, the forest atmosphere. It was pretty cool. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Disney is, it's very expensive and it's very exhausting and you really have to prep yourself to do it. So I would say if you haven't gone, uh, A, listen to uh, Dinner in a Podcast episodes where they talk about their trips to Disney World because that could help you. I did not do that. And do as much research as you can. Make a plan. And get the Disney Fast Pass if you can afford it, because that helps a lot. Uh, we did the Toy Story ride a couple of times, and uh, when we did it with the Fast Pass, it went just super smooth. 
so uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I had a lot of fun at Disney. I can't wait to go back. Star Wars Galaxy Edge opens up at the end of the summer. So uh, plans are afoot to get back down there. Not not soon, but at some point. What did you think of Universal? Oh, I didn't go to Universal. I came home. You didn't go? No, I just did Disney and let them go okay. to Universal. Cool. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad you had a good time and I'm glad you're back. Aubrey, we missed you last week. What's going on? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing as exciting <laughs> as Mark's uh, week, huh? Not at all. Um, honestly, I don't remember what I've done the past two weeks. I Not work. watch scary movies. Yeah, that's. I, I think I just did homework, really. A lot of homework. Other than that, nothing really. Nothing exciting. Excellent. Well, for myself, I also have done nothing even remotely exciting other than work, sleep, and uh, watch <laughs> The Dirt on Netflix. And I finished, uh, I'm all caught up. I finished uh, Ages, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5. Nice. Is the next one that's starting season six? Yeah, sometime I think in May. Okay, it's got to be soon because they started to like do, get hype up for it. Yeah. online and stuff. So yeah, I think it's in May. It's after Endgame comes out. Cool. Do you think it's going to be? You think? I know that they're two separate entities, but you think at this point, whatever happens in Endgame is going to affect Shield in some way? I don't know because I don't know. What's going to happen at the end of end, end of Endgame? Mm-hmm. If it follows the uh, Infinity Gauntlet comics, then someone else will get the gauntlet <laughs> and f- fix everything, and no one will remember what happened. <laughs> but since you're all caught up with the show, was there any clues in like the last few episodes that shows that it's connected to what's happening in the Endgame? Yeah, or in they the had Avengers? they mentioned um, it. Basically, the last like three episodes take place during the beginning of Infinity War, okay. so it's when um tony stark and dr strange and spider-man are fighting the black order in new york city okay so it takes place during that and they they reference that on the show right they there's a consortium of aliens that mention thanos and that you're basically fucked (laughs) (laughs) nice that they they were supposed to be uh, it's it's long involved but they basically just let the agents of shield know that they're fucked because they're not going to beat thanos in any way shape or form so. gotcha all right that's cool so yeah so that means that most likely there is going to be a little something connecting it to i hope so it was really good season so you know i love that show but i understand it's not everybody's cup of tea but speaking of cup of teas why don't you serve up some tea markellis about where people can find more so wizard podcast all right, so everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll find movie reviews from yours truly, Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy, the awesome Adam Wally Hawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there so you can purchase some of our t-shirts and look good while you're representing the show. A great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link we keep right on the website. Click on the A, do your shopping, receive your products, and you'll be helping out our show. Uh, you'll also be able to find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. You can also find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music, and you can stream our show through Spotify. Uh, another great way to uh, find our show and listen to it is through the Podcoin app. Listen to the show, download the episodes if you want to, and uh, that way you can earn a little bit of extra scratch for your pocket. Uh, those points can be converted to gift cards. Uh, Patreon.com is another great, another great way to support our show. Uh, Patreon.com backslash so was your podcast. Shout out to all of our podcasting buddies all over the world. Back to you, Joey. To knock her mouth. I don't know what that is, alien. <laughs> Love it. All right, drop the drop. Let's get into the news. Let's see what's going on in the world of nerd. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, folks. I'm going to do the news because Marcellus is tired, so. <laughs> I'll just, try my I best. Just got off the flight like a few hours ago. <laughs> He's jet lagged from the same time zone, but I understand Disney World is exhausting. <laughs> so. All right, let's get started. We got our first look 
unofficially at uh, Star Wars Episode Nine with a leaked merchandising poster for Episode Nine that dropped blurrily online a couple days ago. We got a look at Ray, Finn, Poe, C-3PO with a bowcaster, the Knights of Ren, some red stormtroopers, uh, what appears to be the alien from Explorers, and <laughs> some spaceships. Did you guys have a chance to check out this uh, this leaked poster? Yes. All right. What did you think, Aubrey? Um, it's cool. I mean, it it looks like a typical Star Wars poster. So, you know, and there's I don't feel like it gives too much away. So it just kind of it it's I don't know. It is what it is. How about you, Mark Ellis? Yeah, there's always some point of questioning whenever these things leak if they're real or not. Uh, this looks a hundred percent real to me. I remember when that Han Solo artwork leaked well before the movie and a lot of people thought it was fake um and it turned out to be true so i totally believe that this is real uh the red stormtroopers i think is pretty amazing shout out to hip-hop trooper who's been rocking a red stormtrooper outfit for years uh it looks like he's gonna get some uh, copycats at this point but uh yeah the poster looks cool i think it's well designed and uh you know you got the main characters and you got ray up top so yeah i'm looking forward to it to the actual like legit poster yeah it's been confirmed pretty much at this point that it's real. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Kylo Ren having his helmet back? <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I realize going through Disney and looking at all of the Star Wars stuff is that they, they're putting a lot of faith into these characters to carry this franchise forward. You know what I mean? Like Kylo Ren has a big presence there. Um and, you know, Ray and BB-8, like, they, they really want these characters to be, like, the next generation's Star Wars fans. So I can I can see, as much as I love The Last Jedi, I can see where Ryan Johnson's individual taste might go against what Disney is trying to lay down. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, with all of the Kylo Ren merchandise and him being such a big character uh to the new version of Star Wars, I'm glad they put his helmet back because they, they're gonna need that. They're gonna need to sell all of those uh plushies and all that other stuff. <laughs> Aubrey, how do you feel about C three PO being all armed and ready to go? It's a little confusing. He kind of looks like Chewy. It's a you know he's he has the um the belt. Yeah the bandolier. Yeah. Um so it it's a little confusing why he's mimicking Chewie, but I'm excited to see how that comes about. Well, it can't be worse than the last time he had a gun in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, nothing can be worse than Attack of the Clones. If if Chewie, if uh, 3PO's wearing a bandolier and a bowcaster, I just want R2 in a black vest and a blaster next to him. That's all <laughs> I want. With some sideburns glued <laughs> to the side of him? Sideburns and some stripes down his leg. That's all I want. Those are Carillion blood stripes, Mark Ellis. So get a brush up on your EU. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. I don't, they're just stripes again. <laughs> all those novels I read and memorized for not. Yep. Could have been about banging chicks and doing cool stuff, working on cars or something. <laughs> you could make YouTube videos about them now. I guess so. But no, because it's moved on now. We have to make YouTube videos about how much we don't like Captain Marvel. <laughs> that is true. But I digress. So Star Wars poster. Pretty awesome. All right, let's move on to the next thing going on is we've got Suicide Squad 2, The Suicide Squad, coming out. Now we know Deadshot's coming back, but he's going to be played by Eldris Alba. We got confirmation this week that Jai Courtney, fantastic actor... <laughs> will be uh, returning in his role as Captain Boomerang. What do you guys think about the return of Captain Boomerang in The Suicide Squad, Aubrey? Do you want your career to die? What are you doing? Get out of this movie. Well, he doesn't really have much of a career anyway. So. Uh, Captain Boomerang wasn't the worst character out of the whole thing, so I don't so much care. I think that the movie is going to be shit regardless of who's in it. Even with James Gunn directing it, you don't think it's going to be good? Nope. Wow. I think it's going to be trash. You know you still have to go see it, right? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. Got to waste some more money on DC movies. 
How about you, Mark Ellis? Jai Courtney returns. How do you feel about this? Well, he definitely wasn't coming back for the sequel to Terminator Genesis. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to do something. <laughs> that was a planned trilogy. <laughs> exactly. So those checks aren't coming anytime soon. Uh, I still haven't watched that movie. Oh, God, you need to. I've made it like 15 to 20 minutes in every single time. And I just like I can't do it. Oh. It's horrendous, and it just gets worse as time goes on. There's, you know how I feel about Amelia Clark, so it's, it's not it's saying a lot that I won't watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was just about to say that, too. She's in it, and she sucks in it, unfortunately. <laughs> well, she is in it. Uh, Maybe yeah. she didn't really have a brain aneurysm. She was just filming Terminator <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> That'll do it. Maybe that was her brain rejecting having been in the movie and trying to make her forget it. <laughs> But if she does need to be consoled or, uh, you know, held while she's having those memories, just let me know. Mm-hmm. She's going to have a lot of free time coming up. So uh, that's right. She'll be there Plenty of you. time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think Captain Boomerang really lived up it to his potential in the first movie. So I'm glad that he's coming back. But I'm pretty sure he's going to die within the first like five minutes of the movie. So it doesn't really matter. The that's first... exactly how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like. Oh, I actually didn't mind him in the first movie. I liked that they had a classic Suicide Squad character in the movie, and I didn't think he did a bad job or anything. He was fine. And now that I think the more I thought about it as we were prepping for the show, quote unquote, prepping for the show, um, I uh, am like, fuck, he's just going to get killed. Like when the first like 30 seconds, is he? Yep. He's going to be the new guy that like rides on ropes or whatever the guy was. That died in like 30 <laughs> seconds. Right. The uh, the Indian dude. Or the Native American dude. Yep. So, Jai Courtney, he's back, but for how long? Well, he's also not going back to Divergent either, Mark. That's another trilogy that's not going to be completed. Oh, well. Well, there's supposedly there's another Die Hard movie coming. Well, maybe he can, <laughs> he can jump back into that franchise. One of these franchises is going to stick for Jai Courtney, folks. It did. It did. Suicide Squad. It's now the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't know if we can count that one. Can't wait for the Terminator Genesis. <laughs> All right. So we got our next story here. Uh, just a quick one on Ghostbusters 2020. Uh, they have cast the lead girl role, and it's going to be Grace McKenna, who we saw in Captain Marvel as young Carol Danvers, is going to play the lead female role. So it's, I guess, from what I'm reading about the leaks, it's about a family, and uh, Mike from Stranger Things is her brother, and they're going to adventure and somehow blunder into the Ghostbusters. Uh, How do you feel about this turn with younger actors in this movie, Mark? She didn't really display any kind of, I don't know, talent. Not to say she doesn't have any, but I didn't see anything in Captain Marvel that made me go, ooh, this girl should be the lead of uh, the new Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, you know, from the little bit that she was in Captain Marvel's cool. Uh, I have complete faith in uh, Jason Reitman doing this movie. So whatever he wants to do, I'm totally down for it. He's, his movies are really good. So I have complete faith in what he's doing. All right. What about you, Aubrey? Are you ready for a Ghostbusters movie with little kids in it? I think it's going to be weird and possibly stupid. Um, I was trying to figure out how I knew her name, and I believe she was actually uh, the younger Emma Swan in Once Upon Yes, she's young Emma in Once Upon a Time. Um, and she's good in that. And she she seems like a good actress for the most part. I don't I don't know if I've seen enough of her to really care too much, but she's in Fuller House too. Oh, and she's young Sabrina. Okay, I knew I recognized her. Anyway, I don't. I don't know how I feel about the the new Ghostbusters. Anyway, so all right, all right. I uh, I don't know how I feel about little kids this movie, but uh, I mean, what, what what could it possibly be worse than the last Ghostbusters movie? I don't think it's possible. So, mm, Stranger Things proved that uh, kids in Ghostbuster costumes look cool. So there you go. Of course, they're all going to argue over who gets to be. Uh, Bill Murray, so. As should every child. That's right. That's neither here nor there. So, all right. Moving on. 
All right. So we got a couple, a couple things, a couple more things. And uh, one of them is big news. This is big news. Angelina Jolie in talks to star in Marvel Studios presents the Eternals. Uh, we don't know what role she's going to play, but uh, she is in talks to be the lead actress in this movie. What do you think about that, Aubrey? Um, she's an okay actress, so I'm not mad. Um, I just, it's a little weird, I guess. I really liked her in Maleficent. I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting, I guess. I'm not going to pass judgment. Seems like she might be too old, right? I mean, she could be. I think she's pretty good at portraying a young person, though. She's almost ageless. Not in looks, but by personality. Right, right. I don't know. I just maybe it's because she's been around forever. I think of her as being like way older than she really is. Yeah, I mean, is she? I I can see that. She's only two years older than Chadwick Boseman. So, Mark Ellis, tell us, Mark Ellis, what do you think about Angelina Jolie and the Eternals? I love Angelina Jolie. Hire her for everything. Hire her for Captain Marvel. Son of whatever. <laughs> they already have a Captain Marvel. No, the real Captain Marvel. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> I was kidding. Um, yeah, I love Angelina Jolie. I think she's awesome. She was in Wanted. She's in Gia. I mean, she's she's fantastic. Who, who wouldn't want her in a Marvel movie? And plus, she's she has Maleficent two coming out this year. So her and Disney are already they're already tight. So putting her in a Marvel movie, she she can get some of that Marvel money. I mean, how old is Robert Redford? He was in Captain America. That dude, he's old as hell. Yeah, but he wasn't like flipping around and like fighting and doing stuff. He was just kind of standing there. You're going to tell Angelina Jolie, hashtag my Tomb Raider, that she can't jump around and kick ass? Well, I mean, she <laughs> could, but, you know, Robert Redford wasn't. He probably could. But he's, <laughs> he's probably close to Samuel Jackson's age. And Samuel Jackson was kicking ass in the last movie. That's right. Except for when he had to run. <laughs> well. I gotta tell you, I'm a little disappointed because they're talking about her playing Cersei. From Game of Thrones? No, the uh, lead character from uh, Eternals, who was also a member of the Avengers and dated the Black Knight in the classic 90s leather jacket era of the Avengers. Um, But uh, they were also talking about Sophia Boutella playing that role. And I'd much, much rather have her in the movie. (laughs) That was uh, the person that played La Momia, Aubrey. (laughs) Oh, La Momia. Not Tom Cruise. But Tom Cruise. The actual Momia. That's right. And not La, just Momia. <laughs> Miss Momia, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. She's a good actress, I guess. So and she used to be like smoking hot, especially in Wanted. Good Lord. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. It just seems weird. It's very strange. It seems like such a big name, like actress to be involved in this but we'll see i mean how can you not just trust marvel right exactly exactly and maybe she's not going to be like the main star maybe she's just going to be like the mentor like um tilda swinton and dr strange or uh, annette benning captain marvel you know maybe she's just going to be that role and then some other person is going to take over the lead annette benning does like two days of work in front of a green screen <laughs> yep check clears she's good She's good. Now she can tell her kids, she, her grandkids, she was in a Marvel movie. Yep, exactly. All right. So our final piece of news, we got our first full-length trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark from Guillermo del Toro, based on the kids' anthology horror book. Now we had a chance to check the trailer out. <laughs> Aubrey, what did you think? I want to see this movie. I don't well, like it. We're not going to make you see the movie, but what did you think of the trailer? (laughs) It's all just, it's creepy. I don't like these creepy movies that keep coming out. I just, I don't like it. Did you ever read that book when you were a kid? Um, I remember looking at it uh, in the classroom, and I remember putting it back down and going and picking something else like Stuart Little. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Stuart Little. I always hated that movie. All right, better than scary stories. (laughs) Well, for you, definitely. Uh, Don't worry. We will do it on the show. We will not make you go see it. So I guess we're actively searching for a co-host for that week. Uh, Markellis, how about you? 
Yeah, I never read the book. I think we talked about this before. I didn't know this was based on a book. Uh, so I would assume it was a like a young adult book, right? Like a, almost almost like a kid's book? Yes. Okay. Kind of, yeah. All right, yeah. So yeah, so this looks like it's a intense kid's movie. That's cool. I think it looks cool. Uh, I like the style of it. I don't know much about the director, but the trailer said that he's good. So I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Why would the trailer lie? Right. I'm going to believe the trailer. Uh, but yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. It looks uh, it looks intense without being completely gross. Uh, and hopefully there'll be some some jump scares in it. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. The book was... Uh, obviously, it's a kid's book, but it's not like ultra kids it's not like a board book or anything and it had some really great illustrations that were really scary um it was like something more challenging i guess you would say kind of like what we were looking for i don't know what direction they're going to take the movie and how scary it's going to be is this going to be like rated r or is this going to be something that like you know tweens and teenagers can go see i I don't know i guess we'll find out but uh uh, so far everything looks cool so uh, i'm all in yeah, if this movie is under PG thirteen, I'll be shocked. Oh, it's definitely going to be PG thirteen. But how PG thirteen is it going to be is the question. So mm. They'll get their one F word and some other things in there, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Fantastic. So that's all the news that's fit to print for Nerd this week. Now we'll be back after these messages with a review of the Dirt straight from Netflix. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated, but most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time. Marketing at PulsePodcastNetwork.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having fun listening to this episode of So Wizard Podcast. But did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to us? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We've just discovered a new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast you love, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that pod coin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, or if unlike me, you're a good person, you could actually donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you got to do. Download the free app right now on your iPhone or Android device. And I've got a special code for you. Simply use our code wizard when you sign up and you'll get 300 pod coin just to start off. If you listen to enough of us on there, You can get a drink at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card, and it's like I gave it to you. So go ahead, go listen to this podcast or any of your other favorite shows on PodCoin and sign up with the code WIZARD. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, and we're back, ready to talk about the dirt. So all of us had a chance to watch this movie, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. I mean... It's a true story, so we have to worry about spoilers, or should we avoid spoilers? Right now? All right, let's avoid spoilers just to start. What did you think of the movie Aubrey? Um, it was about as mediocre as I feel Motley Crue is. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> yikes! Wow, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> okay, uh, Markellis. Yeah, I needed something to do while I was waiting in line. Uh, at Disney World. So I'm like, hey, kids, look at this. Look at this movie I'm watching. What do you think it is? <laughs> uh, no, I did I did squeeze some time during vacation to watch this movie, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I know nothing about Motley Crue, like their backstory, despite having a best friend when I was like, let's see, I think we were both about 12 or 13, and he was obsessed with them, told me all about them. I knew who Mick Mars was, but I know nothing about the band at all. So, uh, Seeing this movie, it was a really well done movie. I loved it. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm like completely in the middle of you guys. I thought it was okay. Um, it was, I thought it was too short. Like, 
the beginning is really cool. And then once it gets past a certain point in their career, it's almost like it races to the end. And we spent more time on like a random party they went to before they were banned than we did on like Vince Neil's daughter dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it felt like it was very quick to end. I did see that. Right. I had so, I had no problem with that because I'm like I gotta watch this movie before I make it home. <laughs> the quicker the better. If the movie was two hour two hours long, I would have been in trouble. It was just the right length for me. That's what she said. <laughs> but I, I mean, I would have been fine with it being longer or even a a, a series. Like you could have got like ten to twelve episodes out of that. Nope. But in I and guess... out. In and out the highlights. I'd move on to the next one. That's right. <laughs> move on to the winger documentary. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I guess from here on out, now you've heard what we thought about it. We're just going to drop the spoiler drop, and we'll be spoiling what happens in the dirt. Spoiler alert, I had seen the future, and I had to prevent it. All right, um, <laughs> tell me some things that you liked about this movie, Aubrey. There's got to be stuff that you liked about it. You know, I enjoy music, so... <laughs> Watching a movie about a band is really interesting for me. And so I did watch the whole thing. Um, and it did grab my attention the whole time because I, again, I do like watching and I like music and I like learning about bands and stuff. Um, so I did like that. I also liked how they kind of humanized Vince Neil a little bit. Like, you know, Vince Neil as this drunk, um, fucking mess. And then you see the toll that losing his daughter kind of took on him in that. Oh, that was a little painful to watch. And then kind of leading up to that point, the relationship that he had with his daughter was really strained. And so that was sad. So I think that humanizing Vince Neil in that aspect and showing why he's in so much pain, why he drinks the way that he does, why he's such a fucking mess. I think that that helped a lot, at least in my viewpoint of him. Other than that, I feel like they toned down quite a bit of things. Like they focused a lot on Nikki Six and his battle with heroin, but they didn't. I, I was a little confused about like the Heather Locklear thing and Tommy Lee. But again, I digress. I liked the humanizing aspect of it. Um, that is probably my favorite part. And. If I understand correctly, you are not a fan of Motley Crue at all. I'm not. A, I'm not really. No. Then I mean, I don't hate them. Like there's bands that I hate. I don't hate them. I just find them to be mediocre. They're. <laughs> I think they're overhyped. How about you, Mark Ellis? What did you like about the movie? There is a lot of things I liked about this movie. Uh, one of the things that surprised me was fucking Machine Gun Kelly as Tommy Lee. He was really good. He did. A, he, he was a. Like I bought these characters, even though they're based on real people, I because I don't know their story at all. They just seem like characters to me in a movie, um, and I bought all of them. I him as the as Tommy Lee. He reminded me of Kelso from that '70s show, just like a lanky, goofy guy who was like just you know always in a good mood. Uh, I loved um, Mick Mars, the old man who was just. <laughs> When he, they fire the other guitarist when he shows up. Uh, like every line that he delivered was awesome. And it took me, I could not figure out where I knew that guy from. He's in Game of Thrones, right? Yes, I said that. Ramsey Bolton. Oh my God. It's amazing. First he's raping Sansa Stark and then he's playing guitar in Motley Crue. It seems to make sense. <laughs> I don't know if Mark even got that far in Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Oh, that's all right. I'm. Pfft. I thought everybody in the entire world knew by now that Ramsey Bolton had raped Sansa Stark. That must be down towards the in like one of the recent seasons. Mm, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. It was really uplifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I do remember hearing the backlash of that. Now that I think about right. it. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, right. But yeah, I like the way that each character had their own, like they're telling their version of the story. And then uh, some of the stuff is true. Some of the stuff is not true. Like when they bring over, they show the manager and they're like, he, yeah, he was there, but he's not really part of the story. So we're just going to wipe him out. And he just like fades out like the back to the future picture. Like <laughs> the fact, the way that they 
handled the material I thought was so fun. It was so much fun. I had so much fun watching this movie. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it. All right. You know, I uh, I liked. There was a lot of nudity in it. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Um, I, I was stunned. The movie like starts and like. 30 seconds in some girls like squirting. <laughs> yep. Like what the fuck am I watching here? I was taken aback and I own the ass horse from planet squirt duology on DVD. So like I was stunned to see that in a mainstream film. Right before the credits, <laughs> like the, it cuts at that scene and then you get the dirt. <laughs> so that was uh, interesting, but no, I, I mean, I, I agree with Mark a little bit. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly as Tommy Lee was just like, I was, I don't like him. Yep. And up until then, the best thing that ever happened involving him was when he got power bombed off a stage on wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, dude, he like completely disappeared into the role. And by like three seconds in, I didn't think, oh, that's Machine Gun Kelly. It was just like, oh, there's, that's Tommy Lee in the movie. So like, good job on him, you know? Good job on him. Uh, Marcellus, I forgot to ask you, you're not a Motley Crue fan, though, right? No, no, I don't. Like, I didn't know any of their story at all. The only, the closest thing I have to Motley, of knowing Motley Crue, like I said, is my, one of my best friends when I was a kid in Chicago um, was obsessed with him. So told me all about him. It was kind of like me talking about (laughs) K-pop to someone now. Just like blah, 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 blah. And uh, I have a copy of Wild Side on 45 Records. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's 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 my connection to Motley Crue. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, my sister was huge into uh, hair metal and rock music when I was a kid. So, of course, that's what I all listened to. And, and I listened to Motley Crue almost the whole way through. Uh, I think we started listening to them with Shout at the Devil. Then we went back and bought Livewire. And then we got every single ep- album that came out after that. So I always liked them just because they were a little more manlier <laughs> than a lot of the other bands. Not, not that they were like super, because they were still like in that scene yep. with like, you know, bands like Poison and Winger and Warrant and stuff. But but they always had a little bit of a more like dangerous edge to them. So, you know, as a boy, you know, when you know, your sister and all her friends are into these bands because of how hot the guys are in them, they actually were a band that was kind of like, Look out, parents, here comes Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. So it definitely made you feel like you were cool because you listened to them. So, But yeah, I mean, I liked uh, a lot of the performances in the movie. Uh, for me, it was just, it, it kind of, it like I said a few minutes ago, like, like it, it seemed like it was at a good pace when it started. And then all of a sudden it just like, boom, like towards the end, just rushes through so much stuff. Like, why are we spending so much time on, on a random party in the beginning, but we don't really explain anything about Tommy Lee's marriage? Well, they and they, they, they kind of just showed that he cheats on her a lot. I mean, well, it was confusing because it was like he'd call her and she wouldn't call him back and then he cheats on her. So it was almost hard to be like, OK, like I feel bad for fucking Heather Locklear because Tommy Lee cheats on her all the time when she can't even call him back. You know, it's like they got married and then they don't even really have a marriage. Yeah, yeah. But I think showing that, uh, side note, the chick that plays Heather Locklear looks just like her. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that's amazing. I didn't think that would yeah, be possible. Yeah, I loved her on The Fall Guy. <laughs> that's the best line. Uh, yeah, they. I think once you get to that point in the movie, instead of going to all of the details of uh, of Tommy Lee's story... I think you just need to know that he was an asshole and he treated he treated her like shit and she got fed up with it. At least that's all I that's all I needed to know. It's one of those things. I don't like, know. It, In the movie, it looked like he was like a nice romantic person. I don't think that they showed him. He was doing of- a bunch of uh, <laughs> cocaine and drinking. Dude, that was yeah. the part where he's like, all right, let me tell you what the life of a rock star is. You wake up at 5 p.m. and then it goes to that whole sequence uh, towards the end of the movie. That was amazing. Yeah, I can't. No, am- I I agree with you one hundred percent, Mark. I wish there was even more of that kind of craziness to the movie, because uh, some of those sequences were fantastic. <laughs> but it it shows a it shows that his character isn't as noble as he might seem when he's calling her from the road from a payphone and then getting a blowjob at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> God kinda, bless him. <laughs> it kind of shows what his mindset was like. 
Um, and the fact that they did something that creative story-wise that late in the movie, I was completely blown away. I was so impressed with it. And again, Machine Gun Kelly like knocked it out of the park. Hmm, 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 hmm. All right. Now, what did you not like about the movie, Aubrey? It just it fell short for me. It wasn't over the top exciting. Maybe it's just because I'm not a big motley crew fan i'm not sure what exactly my problem was with the storyline it just seemed kind of boring it's just meh a lot of drugs a lot of sex a lot of um fighting i don't know it just um it fell kind of short for me just isn't my subject matter i guess and i don't know i just i'd never like i'd like motley crew i like their hits like, they're big hits, but other than that, I'm not, like, a crazy Motley Crue fan. So I guess it just kind of fell short in that sense where I don't really care how Motley Crue got to where they're at because, to me, they're boring. <laughs> all right. All right. What about you, Markel? something you didn't like about the movie. You know, thinking about it, there does feel like I can kind of see what you're saying about it feels like it gets to a certain point when they rush towards they kind of rush towards the end of the movie because i do feel like there there should have been more about like how they how tommy lee got to the point of building a rotating drum set that <laughs> hovers above the crowd like i knew that that happened i remember seeing the video for that years ago but yeah like it seems like they were a band that were doing okay to a band that could afford to have that and it seems like there should have been a little bit more about their their rise to that level that level of that level of uh popularity um but other than that i loved everything else about this movie this is one of my favorite movies of the year wow i'm shocked at how much you love this movie it's it's because i don't like i don't know the story at all i i know motley Crue as a band and if you're going to tell a if you're going to tell a movie about a a band that's like famous for sex drugs and rock and roll then you should have that in the movie and they don't shy away from that at all in this movie like I can't think of any other band biopic that kind of goes this cartoony and straightforward. You know what I mean? At the same time. And I know that there are a lot of people that are upset that there's certain things that were cut out of their life story. I don't know their life story. I'm just taking this movie at face value. And as a movie, it fucking worked for me. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with stuff being cut out of it. It's just, I don't know, it just seemed the things they focused on were weird to me. It's like I said before, like we didn't really spend a lot of time with Vince Neil's daughter dying. Um, they barely touched on their breakup. Like that was a, a thing. That was a long thing. Like they had a new singer. They think they released two albums with a new singer. And uh, who's Vince actually Neil. the guy that does like those um, ten second or those ten different style songs? Like he sings mm-hmm. the he sings like popular songs in like twenty different styles. Yeah. He's a big, huge YouTube guy. Yeah, I saw his Motley Crue video, and I, I realized that was him. That was really funny. But, uh, yeah, they had a new singer, and then Vince Neil had a song on the Encino Man soundtrack. We didn't even get to see any of that. <laughs> so, no, you're invited, but your friend can't come from the Encino Man soundtrack. Maybe very sad. Very sad. Hey, we didn't get a Flash Gordon soundtrack in a Queen movie either, so that's true. That's true. They skipped around, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like I said, that, that's that's to me like really the only thing that I actively disliked about the movie was just how it hit that certain point halfway through and just was like breakneck speed. Like we went from you know the struggling band that's partying and stuff to the, the, they skipped right over girls, girls, girls. <laughs> um they went from theater of pain to like next thing you know like the movie's over like what (laughs) so that was that i did like a lot of how they talked to the camera yeah and how they talked to the the viewers i liked that a lot um aubrey what did you think of ozzy osbourne being it i know you are one of the biggest ozzy fans i know on the earth so you know, I actually was really excited, and I did want to mention that that guy did an amazing job as Ozzy. <laughs> he looks fucking phenomenal. I love it. It was probably my favorite part of the movie, honestly. And all of that is a true story that happened at that pool. <laughs> yeah, and Ozzy doesn't even remember it, which is even funnier. 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. I'm like watching this movie, and in any other movie, that would be like, like you know, Fairly Brothers humor. You know what I mean? Just like over the top, stupid Jim Carrey humor. But watching this movie, I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind that this actually really happened. Without reading a book, without hearing any of the stories, just the the fact that they put that in the movie that way, I'm like, this has got to be true. So thank you very much for confirming that for me, Joey. It <laughs> yes. does make me laugh because it it's like Ozzy is like, oh, I don't remember this ever happening, but I'm sure it did. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked up stuff. And other people would be like, oh, my God, that never happened. I'm suing you. It's like Ozzy's like, no, I was fucked up. It probably did happen. <laughs> I love it. This movie goes so hardcore into just the ridiculousness of being a rock band. I love it. Fucking love it. <laughs> um, anything else we need to touch on, Mark? Did I miss anything? One thing that I didn't know, a lot of these stories I didn't know. I didn't know Vince Neil went to jail for getting it and for getting into that car accident with that guy. Like yeah. when, I, when that guy the guy showed up. Rocks. Yeah. When that guy showed up in a British accent, he's like, oh, I love Motley Crue. And I'm like, oh, this guy seems like a cool dude, but for some reason, I don't remember any stories about this band and Motley Crue. Like, you, usually if they would bring someone in, it'd be like, oh, and this guy went on to be the guitarist of, you know, some other band, like Guns N' Roses or whatever. I thought he was Slash at first. It's like, dude, look at this. Look at Slash in a fucking top hat. <laughs> per huge. And then it wasn't even him. Right? So I'm like, yeah, who is this guy? Who is this British guy that's like all up in Motley Crue that I've never heard of? And then when they showed a car accident, I'm like, oh, fuck. That's messed up. I had no idea that that had happened. Uh, I know you had you said something about that before, Joey, and I didn't quite catch it. Uh, yeah. And then when I saw like when I saw like the accident and the accident looked badass too. It looked like realistic. Yeah, that that part just gutted me, dude. So the fact that this movie has so many different little chapters uh, and can still clock in under two hours, fucking hell yeah, I love this movie. Well, that's kind of why you don't didn't really ever hear that band because as they were taking off, they're <laughs> that happened and then that was that did those the, the, the other band members like ever like i don't know regroup or did they sue vince uh, they tried but it just never never took off it just never happened that was it so that is a fucking dark chapter i had no idea that 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 happened i actually had completely forgot that vince neal's daughter died <laughs> so when that happened i was like oh fuck mm-hmm and how good was that little girl in, in the hospital bed? She was a yeah, good little that actress. was so sad. So sad. Like, one minute, she's alive. Bam. Yeah, so I don't know that much about Vince Neil, but it was the character, the quote-unquote character in the movie, he had a really tough time. I mean, he was party hard in the beginning, found a nice woman, got married, had a kid. I was, I was kind of proud of him. So, yeah, it kind of sucks that he had that shitty, fucking shitty thing happen to him. And his, and his buddies weren't around to, like, help him out. I'm totally looking at this. I'm totally looking at this movie as like a like it. It's not based on real people. (laughs) It is. Um, It's funny that the name of the cover band he was in when they recruited him to be Motley Crue was. Oh, (laughs) it was was Rock Candy. (laughs) Shout out to Rock Candy. That's right. I like jumped out of my seat and like yes, (laughs) fuck yeah. And Tommy Lee's wife is in it, his new wife, uh, Brittany Furlon, who used to be a big Vine star. She's some sort of biker chick. I tried going back to find her, but I couldn't. But I did read that she's in it. I'm sure she's really unattractive. (laughs) If Tommy Lee's uh, past uh, indiscretions mean anything, then uh, she's probably hideous. She is like 24 years younger than him. And likes to keep her boobs out. Okay. Well, it's about yeah. his style. I'm not going to make any jokes about it. I'm just going <laughs> to say good for him. Good for him. <laughs> awesome. So let's, uh, let's go around. And I wanted to ask some questions. So what is your – this is the question I posed out for our Patreons in the feedback segment this week. What is your favorite Motley Crue song? So I'll ask you guys first. Aubrey. Um, I did really like Girls, Girls, Girls growing up. <laughs> yes. That song reminds me of going to a strip club like bad. If you play that song on my headphones and then I walk into Victoria's Secret's bath and body section, I almost could just like not have to go to a strip club. It's like getting it for free. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I really, really liked that song growing up. I think it's just the, the beat of it 
I really enjoyed. Um, other than that, probably Shout at the Devil and uh, Dr. Feelgood are my my favorite Motley Crue songs. All right. How about you, Mark Ellis? Uh, you know, as I was watching this movie and they're doing all of the different songs, I'm like, Jesus, I can't believe my friends actually grew up listening to this and thinking it was good. Some of it was just like, ah, just, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the appeal of this at all, but at it was some, a different time, yeah, obviously at some point, something about those guitar riffs in a uh, wild side got to me. So, uh, I'm going to say wild side. Cause that's the only, that's the only song that I made a connection to with Motley Crue. Everything else, I can, I'll throw that out the window. I'll keep wild side just for that, uh, that opening guitar riff. Okay. All right. So jokingly, I was going to say the song She Goes Down from <laughs> the Dr. Feelgood album, which is about a girl falling down the stairs. It's terrible. Oh, boo. <laughs> no, it's actually about blowjobs. The <laughs> only reason I think that song is hilarious because there's one part where it like it's like it plays to a stop. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and then you hear a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing i love about molly crew is like i think modern music needs more like cat call whistling jeez <laughs> and hoos and songs <laughs> how about the scene whenever someone sits down at the table with them when they're having a drink there's there's some chick underneath the table that's under- right <laughs> why doesn't that happen when, when we go to like comic-con or something <laughs> oh, God. maybe that's quite what happens because we don't go to geek speed dating mark so. no that's still not gonna happen all right, so <laughs> I love uh, my favorite Molly Crew song is "Kickstart My Heart," and I would probably say my second favorite is uh, "Too Young to Fall in Love." And then I really, really like they made one last album, and the lead track was uh, "Saints of Los Angeles," and I really like that song too. So um, those are my three favorites. So I posted this out to our Patreons. And, you know, if you happen to want to be involved in the feedback section now at the end of each episode, I guess you should go on a Patreon and pledge at least a dollar so you can be involved. But uh, we see here that once again, Amanda, so wizard senior political correspondent, has jumped in the same wavelength as me and said, kickstart my heart was her favorite song. She stole my answer for the second week in a row. <laughs> uh, John from Pina Comics said the song Something for Nothing but he also said he doesn't really like Motley Crue. Gary, the king of G.I. Joe, said Shout at the Devil. Awesome. Good song. Uh, Maggie from Rock Candy, not the cover band that needs a new lead singer, but the podcast said Dr. Feelgood or Kickstart My Heart. Paul from the Countdown podcast with Dr. Feelgood. And then Adam Wallyhawk and Brent from Home Video Hustle, both with none. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they were not a big fan of Motley Crue. I, I guess it's kind of a thing where you had to be there. You know, when you when I was like 10 years old, <laughs> this was like the coolest band ever, you know, but um, it's not something that I could imagine just randomly picking up. I don't know. Everybody knows the hits, though. You know, I bet, Mark, if and Aubrey, if we all went to see Motley Crue in concert, um, you would know like half the songs they played more than half the songs. Probably. I mean, I, I don't I don't dislike them. They're just, you know, it's like poison. I don't hate poison, but I also am not going to actively pursue listening to poison. That makes me sad. Sorry. <laughs> I will say that I would not spend money on seeing Motley Crue in concert in 2019 after seeing <laughs> the YouTube videos. I'm sure they're not good. Um, they, uh, everybody in the band's good except Vince. Neil is really bad. He sings like every other word of the songs. And when he is singing, he's just like saying nonsense words. Oh, no. He looks like he would just be out of breath the whole time. I would highly suggest you jump on YouTube and look up uh, Motley Crue with the end 2018 concert and just laugh and then go and read the comments and laugh even more. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I, I like Motley Crue in this version, in this movie, in this movie version. <laughs> yeah, hold on to that. Hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> so next question for you guys. What band do you want to see a movie from next? Aubrey. Black Sabbath. Mark Ellis. Girls' Generation. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, I would probably say uh, Operation Ivy. 
which was the uh, band that was before Rancid, and they broke up, and that would be a very interesting story. But other than that, also maybe Poison <laughs> would be really funny, or like Nelson. Do you guys remember <laughs> Nelson? The two blonde dudes? Yeah. They're, come on, dude. That story has got to be the most boring milk toast story ever made. Exactly. That's why it'd be funny. <laughs> I'm joking. I would go for Op Ivy. That would be my pick. But all right, let's get a quick rating out of five for the movie. What do you think on a scale of zero to five, with five being the best and zero being the worst, Aubrey? I'd give it a three. It's not horrible. It's not great. It's it's just kind of there. I probably won't ever watch it again. How about you, Markellis? You know, I want to... I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four, mm-hmm. just because the third act doesn't uh it isn't it has some good moments but it's not like a a really fulfilling third act but i really want to give it a 4.5 but i'm gonna give it a four yeah i'm gonna give it a four all right i'm gonna give it a three and a half and honestly i really feel like it's more of a three but i really do like this there was certainly nostalgic pull to the music (laughs) and as each song would play i knew the words to every single song Mm -hmm. I was like, Vince, put that lyric sheet down. You don't need that. I know the words. (laughs) It really took me back to uh, being a little kid and my sister listening to all these bands and stuff. So um, I gave it extra points for that. So I went with a three and a half out of five. Um, I definitely would probably be grading it a lot harsher if I actually had to make an effort to leave the house and go see it or pay money to see it. So being on Netflix certainly helped. But I suggest you check it out. That's pretty cool. So let's wrap it up with some recommendations for the listeners this week. Aubrey, what do you got? You are away for a week. You've certainly got something to suggest. Um, Putting uh, you on the spot. (laughs) I recommend not going to see Dumbo. Uh, Noah went and saw it today with my brother and my mother, and he came home crying. So people, do not bring your children to go see Dumbo. It's not a kid-friendly movie. Yikes. All I guess right. he was he was scared and he was upset. <laughs> so, so not even uh, Ava Green could help? No. I, my brother said that it was like a really, really fucked up version of Dumbo. And he kept getting taken away from his mother. And there was a lot of scary scenes in it uh, when the father came back with like missing an arm. So <laughs> he said Jesus. it's just not kid friendly. You right. bring your kids. Wow. I'm glad. Tim, so Tim Burton made a dark movie. Go figure. Yes. I, I know. <laughs> well, at least we skipped that one for the podcast, definitely. <laughs> How about you, Markellis? Yeah, I haven't done anything at all. I would say... Uh, go to Disney World. Yeah, go to Disney World if you can afford it. Uh, get a, a Dole Whip for me. Have one and think of me as you enjoy it. Uh, get familiar with Star Wars again because they are amping up some big Star Wars stuff at Disney World. Uh, there's going to be a lot more push with Disney owning them. Uh, if they're, if you haven't already felt it already, there's going to be a whole lot more Star Wars stuff coming out. So uh, find something that you like and try to enjoy it. Um, if it's the cartoon, if it's the shorts, uh, if it's the the streaming service TV show, I know everyone's going to be a Star Wars fan. So if instead, it's Rose Tico, oh my god, I took a picture of Rose Tico's jumpsuit. <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> so it was just a potato sack. <laughs> it said Idaho on the side of it. No, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was a legit jumpsuit. It was nice. I love Rose Tico. Um, but it, yeah, there, there's no escaping Star Wars. So um, just find something and love it. Deal with it. Exactly. All right. Well, I will suggest that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page, movie reviews, streaming picks, and so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, just about any podcatching app under the sun will be there, including the new PodCoin app. So check that out if you're looking for a new podcatcher. Uh, we have our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Podcast. You can monetarily support the show and uh, get extra episodes that are exclusive to Patreon, including our review of Hellboy next month only for our Patreons, as well as being involved in our feedback section every week on the show once you are a Patreon. Also have our YouTube channel. 
Go on to YouTube and search So Wizard Podcast. The podcast is there every week if that's how you want to listen to it. And videos from Adam reviewing movies and more. Don't forget Empire State Comic Con coming up in a few weeks. Albany, New York, if you're in the area, check it out. Me and Mark Ellis will be there. I think Rock Candy is going to be there. We're going to be hanging out with them. And maybe some other podcasting friends. I know the Angry Geeks will be there at least, so. I don't want to say anybody else because I'm not sure who's going. I don't want to put anyone on the spot. I will definitely suggest you jump on a Netflix and check out Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5. It's freaking awesome. And head out to the movies and check out Shazam this weekend. Because guess what, kids? That's what we're going to be talking about next week on the So Wizard podcast. Can the DCEU make a big comeback with a movie that's actually good from start to finish? We're going to find out. But that's going to do it for this week on the So Wizard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts have been the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Shout! Shout! Shout at the demo! <laughs> was not expecting that. And the expert. <laughs> you ruined my radio voice. Hold on. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. Uh, yeah, I was shouting at the devil all weekend. He said, Mark, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> Wakanda forever. Everyone's shouting at <laughs> Stop your shouting, you crazy kids. This has been episode number 243 in a row of the So Wizard podcast. We'll see you next week. Good journey. <laughs>